Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good morning from New York City. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented oh, by Progressive Insurance. Right All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn and Bart Scott with you this morning. A little Bart and Hahn action for you. And um, Bart, tell me, like as a Jets fan, I look for like the littlest things, the littlest reasons to believe. Right, and the injury to Carl Lawson, that of course was crushing, yeah, frustrating. All good things. Yeah, exactly. Fans have good things. But then I'm like, you know, just usually you just check NFL Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, you just see what the league's got going on, and you click on their profile. And in the masthead above, they've chosen to feature Zach Wilson. Ah. The official? No, no, don't give me that. Don't give me that horn. <laughs> the number two pick in the draft. Yeah, is featured. On the NFL's official Twitter. And I found it to be interesting. Is, is there anything to read into that? I mean, obviously not, but I'm going to get excited anyway. I mean, he's but what do you think of him? Like, what do you, you've seen him now for two games. You're a former Jet. And yeah. you saw Mark Sanchez as yeah. he came out of the draft and was part of two AFC championship, mm-hmm. least championship game teams. Right. What do you see in Zach Wilson? And should I and other Jets fans feel like at the number two pick, the Jets got it right? Yeah, I see a slow heartbeat, right? And I was a Sam Darnold fan. I thought that he explain what you mean by slow heartbeat. Slow heartbeat, like we gave Joe, um, you know, Joe Flacco the name Joe Cool because in the in the in the in the tensest situations, he still was calm. He didn't mm-hmm. act like a rookie. He didn't act like a young player. Mm-hmm. He still was poised. And so you are talking about poise, poise in the pocket. Guys not panicking, not running out of there early, not believing in what's going on down the field. I think he showed that he can throw the ball on the run. That throw to Davis on the, on the right sideline was tremendous that's all arm strength I mean only a couple of guys can make that type of throw I've heard a lot of people say that and some people have made the Aaron Rodgers comparison yeah, yeah. when it comes to Rodgers Mahomes throw. yeah Mahomes because he's throwing it off platform he's moving and he's throwing at a moving target and he's throwing across the hash I mean that is a tremendous throw so you see the arm talent but what I liked is like a lot of times when you watch Josh Allen when he first came in the league everybody knew that he can throw through a barnyard door right but he didn't have the accuracy he has the accuracy, but also he has the touch. I hate when you have a quarterback with a strong arm wants to show that he has a strong arm every time. He's throwing friendly balls. That pass in between the scenes for the touchdown, the Croft, you know what I mean? It had enough arc on it, but it failed, and it was a friendly pass where he can also catch the ball, but he got it there in enough time so that he can protect himself and brace for the hit, understanding that's a little guy trying to hit a guy that's 6'6". He's going to bounce off of that and spin into the, into the end zone all the time. You know what I mean? And, and I know like Jet fans are not accustomed to having nice things, but every once in a while a blind squirrel finds a nut. Really? Not saying that, jo, you know, that Joe Douglas is a blind squirrel, but I think he got it right. And I think it was a tough decision. And internally, we knew that Salah potentially – like Sam Darnold within that division because he was a young player, but now it reset the clock, and now they have a guy with tremendous arm talent. But the difference is, unlike throwing Sam Darnold out there to the Wolves with a, with the poorest offensive line, he has the pieces in front of him to protect him. He has Davis has lived up the billing. Let's see if Mims can stay healthy. We know more is legit, yep. right? And now you have all these tight ends. Remember in this system, you know, it's like some of the unsung heroes in this system is like Kyle Juszczyk. Right, he's like an H back that moves around, and it and it, ha- and it helps in the run game because he's always coming back across the face. Right, we saw him get the touchdown away, but that same way is also for for counters and, and running the ball too. So everything mirrors up. So now he's not a sitting duck, even though they have a great offensive line. You can get him on the move and get him throwing. And so listen, I think maybe maybe I'm saying maybe the Carl Lawson could be a blessing in disguise if how Joe Douglas 
has kept a lot of, you know, powder, you know, a lot of powder dry, so to speak. They have flexibility. They have tremendous, you know, uh, you know cap equity going forward, but they have a lot of money. So now you said, okay, we lost Carl Lawson. What do we have to do? We Challenge know- Jones? Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? Really? So, so if you can go out and get a guy like Challenge Jones, put him on a three-year deal. Now remember, Shefty and Carl suggested that back. they're going to be looking to replace him, that they're not just going to, you know, next man up with this. They're right. going to look around and see if they can find something. And there's talk that Jones is not happy. Of course he's not With happy. his contract situation of in course. Arizona. Of course, because J.J. Watt shows up right. with his big money. And what, and what happens, right, when you think about – the fact that they can potentially get a guy like Chandler Jones, who's been one of the most productive pass rushers over the last five years, and all he had was a bicep tear. So that's I don't worry about his age. I don't worry about all his knees or his Achilles because he's coming back. And then potentially Carl Lawson comes back, and now you have two bookends out there. And that's kind of like what he had in San Francisco with Bosa and with D Ford. So now uh, you look at it, it could set up beautifully – if they go out and they make the move, but they have the equity to do so. All right, the question again, though, let's get back to the offensive side. Again, this is the number two pick in the draft, and this was a, a big quarterback draft, five players, and it's amazing. All five have been in competition for starting. Right. Zach Wilson's the one guy that has been, like, the, he's the starter from day one. Like, nobody's even questioned yeah. it. They Jimmy didn't really Lawrence. have a real backup. Right. Trevor Lawrence, even, has even though as you. much as it right, has, has had some competition there, and Urban Meyer wouldn't name him the starter. There was some thought that I know it was ridiculous, but it's still – Zach Wilson from BYU had to throw the pro day season yeah. is the only guy that was the given number one starter. Now you mentioned the offensive line. They have had some injuries there. And then there's what happened with Bekai Becton. who was last year's first round pick. This yeah. guy is a absolute monster at six, seven, three sixty three. He was manhandling people on Un- the left unofficially. side. Well, yeah, you're right. Cause <laughs> it might be a little more than that, but it's, it's uh, it, what was the line from uh, remember that movie wildcats? Oh, yeah. Football movie. It's time to pot. No, no, right. But they were there's a line of like, Mr. Blake. like, what did his parents feed him? He probably <laughs> ate his parents. Like this. So, but, but McBecton, who was such a stud last year as a rookie, who had great expectations this year to protect a quarterback like, exactly like Zach Wilson, who's not very big, yeah. uh, had a head-to-head collision in, uh, yesterday in practice. Yeah, I was up there yesterday, Woozy. too. I was up there yesterday. I, I left before that. But they're you practicing. didn't see it happen? For people that don't understand, they're practicing, having joint practices with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. So guys go a little bit hard. They're going probably full go because this is going to be simulating their preseason game as a lot of starters probably won't play in that game for Philadelphia. But concerns, obviously, about him now, and there already were because he was not playing well so far. Yeah, just like, that's a big system. deal. If you don't have him, then you know that's a major issue. As we talked about Chicago and not having Tevin Jenkins, you, you, you talk I mean, bringing in a guy like Peters just because you need somebody to play the left side for anybody, but most especially a rookie quarterback. Offensive line is critical, and Mark yeah. Sanchez going back to that great yeah. example. That offensive line was fantastic. For Zach Wilson, Makai Becton might be his most important player, yeah, as you mentioned, all the, all the receivers and everything else. Yeah, blindside. But you think, you know, with all these tight ends on the move and they're probably going to have multiple tight end sets, um, they're going to have guys that can kind of help and chip out. You know, I don't worry so much about, you know, the concussion because you think at, at worst he'll be ready for the start. What you worry about with him is him gaining some LBs and not being in shape, right? Yeah. Because, you know, you talk, been whispers. About, yeah, you talk about this West Coast type of offense, you know, getting to the edges. You're trying to cut guys off on the backside, trying to reach guys on the front side. And you worry about him being able to, to, to keep up with that type of conditioning, that type of pace, because I think the Jets are going to try and push the tempo 
because what happens is when you go no huddle with that type of situation, it doesn't allow the defense to really have complex you know, defenses. You have to kind of stay base because you don't know what to expect right. if you hurry up. You know right. what I mean? Because the call is going to be coming in from the sideline. You can't get certain personnels in. And with the, with the Jets, with that, you can do multiple things from the same – same set. Morgan right. Moses is going to be a great addition. Well, to that was them. a tr- that's what I mean. They they really solidified. Had good depth. Eddie yeah. Moses obviously was and huge. Been tested but early. just keep an eye on the on the Beckton situation right now because even before what happened yesterday, there were some concerns about the way he looked in the and preseason. Yep. All right, let's get some calls. Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Be part of the conversation on the Dr Pepper call in line. We go to Chuck in South Carolina. Hello, Chuck. Morning, fellas. How y'all Morning. doing? Good. Uh, look at man, y'all got me. First thing you said this morning with the Cam Newton thing. So what I was hearing, and I might have got it wrong, they gave him the wrong test. No, no, no. What, Is well, that what you said? It was. It, first of all, we were having fun with it, so we were just playing a little conspiracy theory. But what happened was is that he ended up getting the wrong test. It was a misunderstanding, but because of it, he has to. He had to go through a five day. Uh, protocol where he couldn't be around the team that that's what happened there but at the beginning for anybody who missed it and thanks Chuck for anybody who missed it we were just something that Bill Belichick had said on Monday about competition for positions you have to outplay a player or that player becomes unavailable and then the next day or that later that day Cam Newton becomes unavailable (laughs) and now when asked does Mac Jones have an opportunity Bill Belichick said he does so we just were playing around with a little bit of uh, a little bit of conspiracy theory with that um, let's go to Mel in Florida real quick, Mel. What's up, Mel? Turn your radio down, Mel. You can't have that radio on. She, man, uh, she ordered. When Mel, Mel, is Mel ordering or whatever it yeah. is? You just put the phone down. All right, Mel can always get back to us. Again, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776 is the number. It's Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app. Use code KJZ to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. They're taking their shot. They have spent so much money. They're right in the prime of the careers of Garrett Cole and Giancarlo Stanton. And they got Aaron Judge for this year, for next year, and then he hits free agency. So they're going to take a run at it. The team being able to get on track and play this kind of baseball, play up to the expectations that we had for them coming into this season. If the Yankees don't go to the World Series, it's a failed season. Anything short of the World Series is a failed season. Mm-mm. Well, that is, is right always now. the talk when Buster. it comes to the what Yankees, the right Dodgers now. as well. It's a failed right season Buster. if you don't. What it is right now. Buster. Yes, it is setting it up, is, of course. Right. This is my favorite, favorite segment, guess. man. With my dog. We down like four flats. Buster, bust. What it do, baby? The Yankees are back on top. Buster and, uh, Buster only joins us on the Goodyear hotline, by the way, for everybody to understand. And, and Buster, as you know from when you've been on our show with, with Bart and myself, like it's been a while since Bart and I have actually worked together and hosted together because I've been helping out filling in on the morning show. And it's just he <laughs> – He's so excited that it's it's like having like a kid with you in the car and they just won't stop and you're just trying to get to the destination and he just keeps grabbing the wheel. So as you know, it's always a lot of fun. But Buster, let me let me ask you about the Yankees win 11 in a row and there's a lot there, but last night's game uh, in Atlanta was certainly an interesting one on several levels. Before we even get to what happened in the ninth and more of those issues for the Yankees, there was a huge play in the fifth inning 
and it involved Freddie Freeman, and it involved where it would have been at the time a tying run. It was a terrific throw. Sanchez makes the tag. Gary Sanchez, the Yankees catcher, makes the tag, called out, they go to review. And, boy, I'll tell you what, when you watch review, it was hard to believe that, that I mean, it really looked like he was safe, that he beat the throw or beat the tag, I should say. But he, had, he ended up being called out. A critical play at the moment, and the Braves certainly were frustrated by it. What did you see there? Yeah, and it reminds you of the adjustments they need to make with replay. Uh, once they get into this offseason and they uh, you know, are having the collective bargaining talks and all the ancillary talks that go around it, um, I, I really believe this, that if you were to you know, tell umpires to sit in a room, 100 umpires, and say, hey, we want you to make this call cold with no sound and not knowing what the actual call was, 99 out of 100 would have called him safe. I mean, that to me, when you look at the replay, is how, uh, how it is. But, you know, under this, the current rules of the system, you know, Major League Baseball asks the umpires in the replay center, look, uh, you know, if you see enough to overturn the call, that's what we'll do. And I think they've sort of twisted themselves up a notch with that sort of definition. Earlier in the year, there was a controversial play, coincidentally in Atlanta, coincidentally went against the Braves. Alec Boehm of the Phillies was called safe. And when you looked at the replay, uh, you were like, no, he, he was out. And I remember talking to a Major League Baseball official and asked the rationale for why they made the call the way they did. And what I got back was there's no evidence that, uh, you know, that he didn't touch home plate. And I, it made me scratch my head. I'm like, no, there's no evidence that he did touch home plate. I still haven't seen a replay where he actually touched home plate. So I think they have to send the replays back to New York and just tell the umpires, look, forget what the umpire in the field called. You make the call as you see it uh, in front of you. And as they say, I think any umpire saw that call last night would have said, no, Freddie Freeman was safe, it looked like. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you think about replay and the purpose of replay is because, you know, we understand how difficult it is for umpires and bang, bang plays to be able to get right. it right. And the you know whole thing for replay is for them to be able to get it right. So the right play is called because you don't want a competitive advantage. But it seems like they don't want to show each other up. And if it's not super definitive, I, I don't know what is, uh, how they're going to change it. But I tell you what, man, I'm looking at the Yankees. 11 straight, not done since 1985. Once again, when I think I'm out, I'm like, okay, man, yeah. the Yankees are done. They draw me back in, right? But what are the realistic <laughs> expectations? Is this a team that can you know, win a division, maybe go to the World Series, but can they win it? Because I see a lot of deficiencies if anybody saw the knife any last, mm-hmm. like just last night. Yes, uh, they absolutely can. As we sit here today, you can paint a reasonable path for them to get to the World Series. And in a seven-game series with the depth of that lineup, you know, beat the Dodgers or beat the Giants or beat the, you know, the team that comes, the Brewers, the team that comes out of the, the National League. Um, there's no question. Those two trades they made at the deadline for Anthony Rizzo, Joey Gallo, restored the vision of what they wanted this offense to be, which is this relentless attack that wears down opposing pitchers and builds up margin for error for other issues that the Yankees might have. You know, they're 21-4 since Gallo, Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo joined the lineup they have a much more balanced lineup. They are averaging 4.1 pitches per plate appearance. I mean, they are just grinding out these at-bats, and they're beating teams. They do have to figure out the back end of their bullpen, uh, and I think they're handling it. Aaron Boone is handling it the right way and giving Aroldis Chapman some time to figure it out. And let's face it, as long as they keep on winning, it builds in more time 
for the Yankees to put, uh, you know, to restore Chapman and to get him back, uh, back in order. Yeah, and that's obviously the the most important part of it because we've seen that in in the uh, in the playoffs for the Yankees, and it's amazing that it has been Chapman <laughs> that that has given up. I mean, the biggest, of course, home run is the one you remember with Altuve, and that certainly setting off the controversy. But they they are getting it right, and that's one thing uh, that we couldn't say before the All Star break. And when you look at the landscape of this team and of this franchise over the last 10 years since they last won, or more than that, since they last won a World Series, Brian Cashman has always told us, the longtime GM of the Yankees, has constantly said to the face of the criticism in New York that it, it just, you know, it's, I don't want to use trust the process because he doesn't use that phrase, but it sounds like that's what he says. It's like the numbers always come back to the means. So is this once again, you second guess Brian Cashman, but you don't, you give him enough time, which the Yankees always do. It ends up always coming back to the mean. Is, is that just another example of it? And does Brian Cashman deserve more credit than maybe we're ready to give him? Yes, uh, I think so. Uh, because, um, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, he didn't fire coaches, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't fire the manager. He basically said, no, here's what we see. Here's what uh, we, we saw in this offense, led the majors and run scored from 2017 to 2020 in the first half of the season. They had head-scratching performances all over the place. I had one person in the organization run through the lineup for me one day and say, you know what, eight of the nine guys have underperformed, and we think that they'll turn that around. That's what they trusted. And on top of that, I think, you know, at this point, part of Brian's, uh, if you were to say one of the best parts of his resume right now, would be his ability to make trades and to see a spot and say, okay, we're going to go for it. I really feel like that the Mets were in first place. They didn't defend their position in first place before the trade deadline. The Red Sox, you know, were in first place in the American League East. They were the least aggressive of the four teams and uh, contenders in the division. Where on the other hand, Brian Cashman had very little room under the pay, under the uh, competitive balance tax, uh, and yet he figured out a way to make deals for Anthony Rizzo, getting the Cubs to pay his salary, and for Joey Gallo, and restored balance to the lineup and restored the depth. Uh, I I do think he deserves credit. It's crazy, right? He had <laughs> he seemingly had no money, no moves, and he just got you know other teams yep. to take well, on. But Buster mentioned getting those two lefties, which was the most important part of it, is getting some lefty power and in that lineup. Boy, we thought Ch- like why would Boy stand? Boy just came and said, yeah. "Hey, he deserves to play." He put his Andy Dalton moment, and so he, let's, sh- he showed up. Let's see, let's see if the Yankees can get themselves back in that conversation for a championship. Meanwhile, in Bart's hometown yes. of Detroit, Miggy! you have Miguel Cabrera hitting 500 home runs. <laughs> And I remember a time, Buster, and we're about the same age. I remember a time where 500 home runs, that was like a, I mean, that was a historic milestone in baseball because there just weren't that many guys that got to that point. And are we just underselling it? Are we we not celebrating it enough? Is it now? Well, if he gets to 3,000 hits, well, then now that's a bigger deal because there's less people who have done it. Is Is 500 home runs what it used to be in Major League Baseball? No. Uh, the steroid era changed all that. You know, it used to be that, you know, you had, what, 12, 13 guys who had hit five home, 500 home runs and it was a special club, and then that number doubled in the span of about 15 years because, uh, you know, the players, uh, you know, they, they, they were just massive uh, PD use. And so the numbers, I think, lost some of their majesty. Um, and, and let's face it, because Cabrera has faded – uh, toward uh, the end of his career here in recent seasons. I think that also took some luster off. It's not like he's sprinting through the finish line. Right. Um, he's had some real struggles. The Tigers haven't been playing that well. And, 
look, he's going to get 3,000 hits next year. He's going to hit that milestone. And, and Bart, I hate to say to you, I think you're going to see a, sort of a similar muted reaction. We're going to have a um, I think twice. the one thing that would help it would be if he had a resurgence at the beginning of next year and, and went out uh, flying and if the Tigers were in serious contention in the American League Central. I think that would change a lot of the optics uh, of Mickey toward the end of his career. But, look, he's one of the best right-handed hitters of all time. Right. Yanni Molina coming back for another year. I mean, nobody likes to have these farewell tours, but one of the greats, obviously, in Cardinals history, one of the greats at that position as a catcher. Uh, just him coming back, what does that mean for the Cardinals? What does it mean for him, and how will baseball celebrate him? Yeah, guys, last winter when he was a free agent, you know, his camp was making noises about, well, he might sign with other teams. You remember there was that one day when he was linked to the Yankees. Uh, and I can tell you this, folks with other clubs were like, he ain't ever leaving the Cardinals. <laughs> like, he is a, a legacy player with the Cardinals. He's going to be elected to the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. Um, he, he is to baseball what I you know, think of, uh, not being a non-football guy, is what Deion Sanders was to the NFL. He was a shutdown. He is a shutdown catcher in the way that, you know, Deion Sanders took away one half of the field. Darrell Revis took away one half of the field. Uh, had a defensive impact that uh, no other catchers had in terms of limiting the running game, in terms of coaxing pitchers through. He is an absolute icon among catchers in baseball. And, yeah, he's going to come back for another year. He's not going to pass anybody on the all-time list of uh, games played for catchers. But if he plays all next year and then signs another one-year deal, then the next year he's going to hop over some all-time great names like Carlton Fisk. When you talk about being a lifer and what an honor that is, I oh, mean, yeah. the great Albert Pujols didn't start and finish career in the same spot. You know, looking at uh, what Rob Manfred said uh, the other day that yeah, he would like to drop the seven inning double headers. Are you a fan of the seven inning double headers, or you want to go back to more of a traditional format? Yeah, and I think that's what they're going to do. Uh, I think if you gave truth serum to Rob Manfred, I think he would uh, acknowledge this is part of the uh, first some of the first salvos of negotiations with the Players Association. They're trying, both sides right now are in the process of trying to define issues. It's clear that the seven-inning doubleheaders are popular among the players, and they're popular among the teams, let me tell you. But I think both sides are trying to line up, okay, which stuff can we horse trade? I know, uh, you know, Rob has, has said that he doesn't see seven, or doesn't want seven-inning doubleheaders going forward. I think in the end, like the designated hitter, like expanded playoffs, that's going to be part of the landscape going forward because folks at the team level, uh, you know, player agents, folks on the union side, think it just makes too much sense in terms of protecting players. All right, Buster, we'll leave it right there. Always good to talk to you. Thanks so much. See you guys. All right, Buster, only brought to you by Samsung Galaxy. Get ready for the Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G mm. on two and Z Fold 3 5G. Pre-order now. At Samsung.com. You can tune into a National League West battle tonight as the Padres host the Dodgers. Coverage begins 9.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Coming up, a tale of two MVPs. But first, this from O'Reilly. Are your, wiper ba- are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't compromise your visibility with streaks or smearing on your windows, when it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. The professional parts people will help you navigate their wide selection to find just the right wiper blades for your vehicle. O'Reilly Auto Parts will even install your wiper blades free of charge. See better and drive safer with new wiper blades at O'Reilly Auto Parts. As a fan, this is amazing. This no, is the is. time of the year. This is what we talked about. This is real, man. This is real, man. Are you ready? Some.
This is Marty Smith, and I'm ready. This is Max Kellerman, and the Giants are ready. This is Keyshawn Johnson. The Carolina Panthers are ready. Zellin Hahn, I'm ready. Football is back, and it kicks off every morning with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin and continues all day right here on ESPN Radio. Barbasol Shaving Cream, an American original for over 100 years. Close Shave America, Close Shave Barbasol. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And the pitch. Fly ball. Left center. On the run is Gallo. He's there to make the play. And the Yankees hold on. Take a deep breath, everybody. The winning streak is 11 straight. Okay, on the Yes Network with the calls, the Yankees have now won 11 in a row after a 5-4 win over the Braves in Atlanta last night. Did not happen without some struggles. More ninth inning issues. Araldis Chapman allowed two hits and walked two batters, including one with the bases loaded as the Braves cut that lead to one. Wandy Peralta then replaced Chapman, and he got Freddie Freeman to fly out and seal the win. Giancarlo Stanton, DJ LeMayhew, Rugnet Odor, all homer for New York. To tennis, Serena Williams is withdrawing from the U.S. Open. Some breaking news this morning. As Serena announced on her Instagram that she is withdrawing from the U.S. Open, which opens next week. After careful consideration, she said, and following the advice of my doctors and medical team, I have decided to withdraw from the U.S. Open to allow my body to heal completely from a torn hamstring. Now, Williams is still one grand slam shy of Margaret Court's all-time record. In the NFL, we have a trade. The Rams, in their injury-riddled backfield, have acquired Sony Michelle from the Patriots. That's according to ESPN Adam Schefter. The Rams receive a conditional fifth. Uh, the Patriots receive a conditional fifth and sixth round pick. So let's just tell Schefter. Sports Center brought to you by Mako. There are scratches, there are dents, and unexpected natural events. If life throws you out, just say better get Mako and head to Mako.com to get an online estimate today. Mac Jones is going to be the future of this franchise. If he can play mistake-free football, that, that's a part of Bill Belichick's formula for success and how this team is going to be able to win a lot of games this year. So it feels like they're going to give Mac Jones every opportunity to take this starting job in the preseason. Big opportunity for Mac Jones this week. I mean, everybody is all this together. Mm-hmm. Availability is the best ability. Mm-hmm. If you're missing, you're not gaining. And if you ain't here, that's your butt, partner. 
if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> right. What was that? that voice? <laughs> <laughs> Partner. <laughs> Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests oh. join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn, Bart Scott here in studio. Oh, Sam Acho joining us as well today. And so as you talk about the availability factor, right, in yeah. New England – we have that issue with Cam Newton, who's now away from the team for a couple of days because of what the team called a misunderstanding when it comes to a test <laughs> well, that I he had to re- take, take regularly. So uh, this, this again, the, the way this all goes down is just an interesting thing, and we kind of have this um, conspiracy theory, let's just say, that is evolving in New England because it doesn't matter who you talk to. As much as Bill Belichick has said it, as much as Josh McDaniels has said it, as much as Keyshawn Johnson has been trying to tell us, Cam Newton is the starter. He's your QB1. Everybody else keeps saying, but Mac Jones is in the conversation. Mac Jones has an opportunity. So let's first go to Bill Belichick on Monday, and this is before everybody knew about what happened with Cam Newton. He was asked about, can a player, you know, how, how do they have the competition? How does it work, and how do you push for playing time? And he explained the competition and those who have the starting position, what you need to do to take that job. Take a listen. Big opportunity for Matt Jones this week. I mean, everybody, it all it is. together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you hope to see from him, Bill, over the course of the next couple of days with more opportunities here. Look, our entire team has, has opportunities every day, uh, all the way through the week, and it's the Giants in the game. I hope we can all take advantage of those opportunities. Okay, so that's the – it is an opportunity because Cam Newton's not available. So let's just work backwards now and go to Monday where we didn't know yet about Cam Newton and people were asking about what Mac Jones and others would have to do to get to to win the job over somebody who is considered the starter. The guys who have been there, somebody has to show that they're better than them or that player has to be unavailable, all right? And that's the way it is at every position. That's not it's not unique to any position. It's that's the way it is across the board. So that's so you get players, you know, that have an opportunity to to gain playing time regardless of who else is on the roster or what else is on the roster by their performance. And that's the only way I know to do it. So that's the way I'm going to do it. Hmm. So Sam, you have to either outplay someone or that person has to be unavailable. Conveniently, Cam Newton is now unavailable. And he admits Bill Belichick did yesterday that this is now an opportunity for Mac Jones. He said it is an opportunity for Mac Jones. So as much as we continue to hear that Cam Newton is the starter, is there still a chance, as they say, for Mac Jones to win the job? Well, there's a chance for Mac Jones to win the job, but just because you have an opportunity doesn't mean you're going to go and take the job from someone who's only out for five days, right? When Bill Belichick, he said a couple things. He said, one, we're not going to gift wrap the job to anyone, number one, and number two, if someone's unavailable, then then there's going to be an opportunity. But that unavailability isn't just like for five days. That's like unavailable for a long time. So, yes, like Matt Jones is going to get some reps with the ones, which is going to be huge for his development. But throughout the entire preseason, if since we, we've all been watching the games, 
Though Mack has looked good, Cam has just been a little bit ahead of him at every step of the way. And so five days off from these practices, right, where Cam may not be able to practice, it's not enough for Mac Jones to usurp Cam, right? When Cam comes back on Thursday, right, the preseason game, when he comes back, He's not going to lose that job because of being off for five days. So, yes, Mac Jones has looked good. Yes, it's an opportunity, but not an opportunity to go steal the starting spot or better yet, get be gift-wrapped the starting spot. No, Cam is still ahead. Cam is still the starter. Uh, and, 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 yes, it's an opportunity for the future, but these five days mean nothing when it comes to Mac Jones and Cam Newton and who's number one and who's number two. All right, Sam Oxel joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. So, Bart, there's nothing – he can do in in the pre in the last preseason game that could change the minds of anyone because the whispers won't go away. I always say, "Where there's yeah. smoke, there's fire." The whispers won't go away, no matter what they keep saying publicly. And now he has a chance to not only practice this week with the ones, yeah. but also show you a little more in the last preseason game. Right, and they can develop the package that he's best suited for because I think the offense is slightly different when you have Cam Newton, who's better thrown on the run, who's a guy that's a dual-threat quarterback, and you get to see what Mac Jones is able to do. And the fact that this is a close competition, I think, always goes to the younger player. The issue is they want to make sure they get off to a great start. You understand that New England always uses the first month of the season as extended preseason. And you think about it, they open up with the, with the Dolphins. It could be a, a, a competitive game, but you expect the Patriots to be able to win that one. You know, they have the Jets week two. Then it gets like, you know, New Orleans and, you know, New Orleans, which we don't know what they're going to be. They have Tampa. I think at some point, I think we're going to see Mac Jones take over. Right, because I think Cam's going to get him to the party, but I think at the end of the day, Mac Jones is going to leave home with the girl. Right, because what you want later on, yeah. I want to see what's going to happen with Cam Newton once he gets hit, once he you know takes some hits on that shoulder. With shoulder injuries, never seem like he's really really recovered from. Last year, we blamed it on the receivers and the lack of understanding the offense, why he was skipping balls like he was skipping rocks in the, at a lake. But you know, we want to see what Cam Newton is, and I think really what this offense needs is really a quarterback that's going to throw the ball on time. Which you see, Mac Jones get the ball out of his hands extremely fast, and he allows all this great talent that the Patriots have acquired to do the work for him. Yeah, but I mean, and, I, and that makes sense. And I'm with you, Bart. Like that's like I think we're saying the same thing. All that I'm trying to say is that these five days that Mac Jones is going to get reps with the ones and yeah. Cam not, it's not going to allow Mac Jones to go and be the starter, right? I think sometimes during sometime during the season, whether because of injury or what have you. Can't, Mac Jones will get some reps with the ones, and he may he may overtake Cam, but it's not going to be week one. It's not going to be because Cam missed a couple days of practice. No, I'm with you on that one, but it's going to be interesting though because we all know that this is we all know how this story ends, right? Cam Newton is trying to fight for his career to be a starter in his league going forward, and I think Mac Jones he's eventually going to be the starter. It's just right. when exactly is this year is it after this year? Well, I think I think this I think this is more like the Alex Smith. And Mahomes. no, 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 no. And Colin Kaepernick, right? In, oh, in San okay. Francisco, yes. where, okay. where I think it's more like that, where they understand that Cam may have a, a ceiling and they understand that this young guy, if they can get him reps and get him experience in the playoffs and get him ready, that they can win. Remember, this is how New England won their Super Bowl yes. with a young Tom Brady. They had a great running game. They have one of the best offensive lines in the game. And the most difficult package I tell people I ever had to defend was the – 
Aaron Hernandez, Algie Crumpler, and Gronkowski. Yeah. Three, well, tight three tight ends. Yeah. The jumbo packs because it forced you as a defense to try and figure out how you're going to match up with it. If you go out there and you go with a heavy package, then they just break the formation and put your linebackers and safeties in, in the rest. If you decide to go little or go with the big big sub, then they just bludgeon you to death with running the ball. They're going to run the ball, play good defense, and you don't need a special quarterback for that. You just need a guy that's not going to crash Thank the car you. into the ocean, and I think that's what Cam Newton potentially hey. can be. All right, we shall see. Sam, we're going to hold it right there. Bar. We're going to bring you back into the next Lee, Just, just keep that smile there. I'm very happy that. to be Y'all, here. Let me, let, me finish my, <laughs> let me say one little thing, man. Y'all never let me talk on this show, man. <laughs> I mean, if, if you'll... If, if you'll allow me real quick, just to rebuttal. Oh, hurry up. Just say it, damn 30 it. 30 seconds, right? You can start my clock. Bet. Okay, so that's it. So that's it. What you just said, that, that play defense, run the ball, uh, okay quarterback. That, that's Chicago as well. We talked about it in the last hour. Chicago's defense is going to be really good. They don't have the offensive Their defensive line. coordinator, Sean Desai. They don't, but they have a running back. They have a running back. And so, like, you can still run the ball. David Montgomery was a beast last year. Let's not let's not forget that. I'll tell you what. And so, anyways, I hear the, I hear the ticker yeah, in my clock this, down here, too. I was to say that. See, I appreciate Sam, you The all. idea of a radio show is that we can keep talking when we get back from break on the exact point you just had, and it's like the perfect tease. So, more on this conversation and also about another MVP who's looking to bring home a second one. We'll get to that. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Call or click today. Find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Now, Bart has this from Goodyear. Every move we make pushes us forward, whether it's on the track, the court, or the field. Moving is how we make our impressions on the world. It's a part of who we are. And when we pursue with everything we've got, it shows us who will become. Every move we make, every road we choose to go down, every mile marker we pass takes us to a new place and shows the world just how far we can go. Good year. I'm more driven, Allen. Are you? Coming up today on Janae and Golik Jr., Jackson State head football coach and pro football Hall of Famer, Deion Sanders. As our countdown to the kickoff of the football season rolls on, Deion Sanders with Janae Angola Jr. Today at 5 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Oh, this is easy. You get signed Lamar Jackson, ASAP, league MVP. He's dynamic. He's only going to get better. Lamar Jackson is rare. When he's just, like, just plays a really good game, we're like, oh, Lamar Jackson was okay. Because the bar is so ridiculously high. You know, I love Baltimore. I love the whole organization. Love everybody in the building. But hopefully we'll be making something happen pretty soon or whenever. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, Alan Hahn, Bart Scott, Sam Acho with you this morning. We're brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and use code KJZ to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So, guys, um, let's go to New England. No, no, let's go to Baltimore, I should yes. say. Yes, Baltimore. <laughs> we just did New England. And we had a spirited conversation about that. But this one, this one though, uh, is a conversation that's actually was started here at ESPN by Jeremy Fowler. And it involves Lamar Jackson and whispers that Jeremy Fowler said he's been hearing around the league about Lamar Jackson. Now, Fowler, of course, our ESPN senior NFL reporter, said this on Get Up in, in, in the idea of Lamar Jackson and pressure that's on him because he's now another guy up for a contract extension. But what he says about what he's hearing around the league about him is the most interesting. There are a lot of people around the league that I speak to that are talking a little slick. They say this might be the year that everybody figures out Lamar Jackson. Like there's Mm. sort of that feeling right now. He can definitely prove that wrong, but I think there's a little bit of pressure on him right now. He doesn't have a deal either. People around the league think this is the year they figure him out. So, of course, we now go to Lamar Jackson to ask him if he thinks that defenses are figuring him out. I'm going to keep playing football. We're going to see. But I doubt it, dude. I doubt it. I strongly doubt it. We're going to play ball. That's a great response, guys. I doubt it, dude. Yeah, like really, I doubt it. Like this guy was an MVP just a couple of years ago, and now there's talk that the league will probably have him figured out, and he's not the guy you thought was. But actually, Sam, we got a call earlier from somebody who feels like, yeah, he's a great athlete and all, but – Buzzword. If you if you take you know it's the, I guess the top ten <laughs> defenses in the league, he can't do anything against them, and he points to the playoffs. Sam, what do you see in Lamar Jackson, and has the league figured him out? Hey, there's nothing to figure out about Lamar Jackson. You can't figure Lamar Jackson out. In 2019, he was the MVP. He threw he threw he threw for 36 touchdowns. He threw for over 3,000 yards. So when it comes to throwing the ball. You can't figure him out. When it comes to, like, trying to tackle him, as an, if you want to use the buzzword of an athlete, try to figure that out. You need to just be faster, be more athletic as a defense or as a coordinator. There's nothing to figure out, number one. Number two, Greg Roman. Like, if anything, you need to figure out Greg Roman, figure out the offensive coordinator. It's not about a quarterback. It's about a coordinator as well. And so I love Lamar Jackson's response. He said, I strongly doubt it. And people have been doubting Lamar Jackson uh, forever, right? And I remember when he got drafted 32nd overall, right? Ravens traded back up to pick him. What did he say? That, that was my favorite moment of the draft in the last probably three or four years. He said, I'm going to make them eat their words. Mm. I'm going to make them eat their words. So all the people that got him figured out, just watch the games. Just wait. Lamar's going to make everybody eat their words.
That's the crazy part, right? Because you understand that this offense is only going to get better with J.K. Dobbins taking the next step and understanding that now they have weapons yes. on the outside. Well, he can't throw the ball outside. Well, Hollywood Brown's like five foot nothing, man. He's got a little catch radius, and he hasn't been able to create separation. Now he has receivers that may not be able to create separation from, you know, baby running past people as Sammy Watkins used to be one of the fastest players, but they have huge catch radius. So it's a margin of error. doesn't have to yes. be as, as accurate that way as well. And the thing is, nobody dictates coverages more than Lamar Jackson. You better put that eighth man in the box because the running game is deadly. So that's going to give you one-on-ones outside of the number. Finally, he has guys that can take advantage of it. And Greg Roman is somebody yes. that can evolve his offense, right? He was there when I was there. He was a run coordinator when Jamal, uh, when Jamal Lewis ran for 2,000 yards. But then he went and he looked what he did with um, um, you know, Colin Kaepernick. Now he's going to have an opportunity to, to add a different level, a layer to this offense that he didn't have at his disposal because he didn't have the outside weapons that could win and dominate these one-on-ones. We already know what Mark Andrews is in between the hash. That, this team's going to put so much stress on you from a defensive standpoint that you don't know what to do. He's better than Michael Vick because he can throw the ball. We know he knows the playbook, but also he's a guy that's a little bit more accurate than Michael Vick. So, Sam, let me ask you a question. So, so NFL.com has their top 100 this season. Lamar Jackson's number 24. In that division where each each team has a quarterback, certainly um, that, that would be considered a franchise quarterback, the youngest being, well, not youngest by age maybe, but the youngest or the <laughs> least experienced is Joe Burrow. Dude, 25-year-old uh, rookie. Where, where, would you put, where would you put Lamar Jackson among the four quarterbacks in the AFC North? I would put Lamar at – one or two. I put him one or two. I think he's above Baker. I think he's above Joe. I'm still super high on Ben Roethlisberger based off the history. But I put Lamar at one. Yeah, I put I put him at one. I put him at one. But the, here's the reason why. Like, three things. Number one, I say this. They remember what you do in December. Like, in December, when it counts, uh, Lamar Jackson wins, right? And the Ravens win. They're 14-1. and one. In their la- the last five games, last three seasons, they're 14 and one in those games. So, like, they know how to win. Two years ago, 2018, 2019 or was, 12-game winning streak, right? Or that was 2018. 20, 2019, they won like five out of their last seven. And then last year, won five out of the last six. So they know how to win when it counts. And Lamar knows how to win, win when it counts. I like Baker. I put Lamar above him. I put Lamar above Burrow. Also, basically, because of system as well, Greg Roman. Um, I still like Ben Roethlisberger, though. That's the thing, y'all, people sleeping yeah. on Ben Roethlisberger. And then last thing, too, just to back up what Bart said, because uh, Bart made the best point anyone's made. Um, they've got the number one running attack, number one. The last two years, Ravens have the number one running attack, number one. Number two, they drafted Tylen Wallace and Rashad Bateman, two baller receivers who are going to be great weapons for Baltimore. So there's no figuring out Lamar. All you had to That's say is he got off the pot. All you had to say, all had to say is he got off the pot and beat Baker Mayfield. Dude was out there, you know, taking care of himself. Got out, like, hold on, we got oh, – fourth down. I'm I'm right on the way out. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Sam, great stuff. Allegedly. We had you on the clock today. This was a lot of fun. All right, coming up, a big surprise from one NFL GM. What is it? That's coming up next. Okay.